Well, now we're rounding the corner of a new year, a, a whole new fresh beginning. Uh, we're also getting close to rounding the corner of a new age and uh, new things. And you know, it made me thinking, uh, got me to thinking about the kingdom of God and how we need to get our focus on thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Did you know that Jesus, his first recorded public proclamation when he came on the scene, he made two statements of fact and two imperatives for actions, and they were, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. I mean, if this age is beginning to close down and a new age is opening up, and it's gonna be the kingdom of God and everything's gonna be run according to the principles of the kingdom of God. And you know, I, I was reminded in, in right then, just saying that, that Moses, that the people of Israel knew God's acts, but Moses knew his ways. And he, the, our father wants us to know his ways. And he is a principled and patterned individual. <laughs> and, <clears throat> Uh, we need to learn his principles. You know, I've seen through the years of walking with the Lord that if you adhere to his principles and follow his patterns, you'll, you'll stay safe. You won't get in trouble and you'll stay safe. And your family, uh, you know, you and your household, remember that jailer in, in the book of Acts with Paul? And he was going to kill himself because he thought that they would kill him anyway because the pres prisoners got out. And Paul said, you and your household shall be saved. So um, this, this affects our children so much and, and all of our household, our relatives and the people that we love and care for. And, and with the days coming uh, that, that are on the forefront, <clears throat> with one age closing down and another opening up, with kingdom versus kingdom and the devil fighting tooth and nail to stop the move of God. Uh, we need to really learn the principles of God and learn how to stay uh, hidden away in that secret place. Remember Psalm 91, the secret place of the Most High? That, that Psalm says, he who is dwelling is saying. <clears throat> so the secret place of the Most High God, you have to be saying it and thanking God for it. Jesus said, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent ye and believe the gospel. I think uh, repentance has been taken out, taken out of the preaching of the gospel a lot, but repentance is a gift from God. We have an opportunity that when we miss the mark to repent and get back, get back I like to I always said, get back on my horse and ride again. So um, repentance is a gift. And when, when the Holy Spirit in us quickens us to repent, in fact, we should do it probably on a daily basis at the end of the day. You probably had thoughts and things that weren't, weren't what they should have been through the day. And the, the blood of Jesus is always active and alive and waiting to cleanse us from any unrighteousness. Amen. And that's a gift from the Lord. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is giving two imperatives there. Repent and believe. And then when he left in the book of Acts in chapter 1, he said, uh, receive power and be a witness. So when he first came on the scene, repent and believe the gospel.
when he was leaving the scene, he said, receive power and be a witness. That, that's simple instructions, and we can just, uh, if you just think on, the, on that simple term, uh, receive, uh, repent and believe, receive power and be a witness. And that keeps things simple, <laughs> doesn't it? So he, he gave those two imperatives to repent and believe. Repentance is imperative to entering the kingdom. Now, the kingdom of God is a real place, and it's within us, and it's all around us, and it's voice activated. It's, it's moved by faith, activated by faith, and faith is activated by our voice. And so um, believing is imperative to walking in it. So repentance is imperative to entering the kingdom, Believing is imperative to walking in it. So when we repent and we receive Christ into our lives, we enter into the kingdom of God. And we were told in the Gospels that the kingdom is in us. So we want to start living by kingdom principles. And the kingdom has full provision. We'll be looking at the names of God as we go on and how to address uh, how he's provided in our uh, he's provided for us. He's our provider. How he's uh, our healer. He is our physician, it says in the Word. Did you know that? The Word calls God our physician. You want to go to a doctor? Go to Dr. Holy Ghost and find out. And if he wants to send you to a physical doctor, then he'll do that. But you go to him first and pray and ask the Lord. First, many things can be solved quickly, simply, if we just ask the Holy Spirit what, what's going on here. And um, it's obvious that Jesus' compelling passion was to preach the kingdom of God. He moved from town to town proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. He sent out 70 followers to heal the sick and announced the kingdom of God is near. This concept of the kingdom of God is mentioned 119 times in the gospel. I remember the first time I heard a sermon on the kingdom of God and I became aware, my eyes were opened, that this is a real place. The kingdom is real. It's not just some thing that you hear about in the Gospels that you talk about in the Bible. It's, it's not just, uh, uh, it, it's real. <laughs> it's, it's not a made up thing. It's not a fairy tale. It's a real place. It's a real way of life. And and it's really provided for, and it really produces, and it will be manifested if we, if someone takes hold of the promise of God, and speaks it forth, and stands on it, and does whatever their part is to make it happen, then the kingdom is very alive and real, and it's a safe place. And as we see in the days ahead, the darkness that's coming on the earth, you're going to need to hide out. And I would. You know, they tried to kill Jesus three times. So darkness came around him to kill him three different times, and he hid himself. So we need to know how, how to do that. We need to know how to live. The principles of God's kingdom will protect us in the days ahead. The kingdom is real and down to earth, present and powerful. When Jesus declared the kingdom is near, he was saying that God has invaded this world in a new way, you may even compare it to soldiers invading the island during a war. You know, uh, God has established a beachhead and will not stop until the whole world is taken. And it's compared to the U.S. invading Iraq. But 
when Jesus came, he gave him his, his life is the seed to reestablish the kingdom in earth. You know, it got lost in the garden when the, they allowed the devil to speak to him. And it's reestablished through the life of Christ. And so his crucified life, he became, his blood dropped on the earth. He became the seed for the kingdom of God to be established. So it's been growing since that time, since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's when he's in the Acts chapter one, he spoke to them about the kingdom when he left here. So the kingdom is where God's rule is. And wherever we allow God to rule in our lives, we're living in the kingdom. Whenever we obey the commandments in the, in the Bible and obey, obey what the word says, we're living in the kingdom. And I remember one time I, I asked the Lord, I said, teach me how to worship. Uh, I, I was a new baby Christian. And when I went to church, I saw other people just getting lost in their worship. And I wanted to be able to do that. I was too busy looking around thinking somebody's watching me. <laughs> but I wanted to learn to worship like they did. And he said to me very clearly, Mary Jean, the highest form of worship you can give me is to walk in my word. Amen. And so uh, the kingdom is real down to earth and present and powerful. And Jesus declared it to be near. In fact, he said, it's in your hearts. Our heart belongs to the Lord. Realizing that Jesus' passion was establishing the kingdom and was then willing to die for it, its fulfillment is a powerful thought and is the same kind of commitment found in a revolution. So in a sense, Jesus came and started a revolution. And according to the devil, Jesus is his biggest enemy and came and started a revolution because Satan had kidnapped the earth and stolen God's people and dece through deception. And, and now, you know, uh, Matthew 24 talks about there will be earthquakes and kingdom versus kingdom. Well, <clears throat> folks, we're there. Kingdom versus kingdom. We're in the midst of it. That's what the darkness is all about is the kingdom versus kingdom. And, and the, the drawing near of the Lord Jesus Christ and the darkness that precedes that. Uh, I'll read you a scripture eventually uh, in Habakkuk about how darkness is all around his throne. Darkness precedes the coming of the Lord, and then the light burst forth. So uh, Jesus was announcing a dramatic and forceful change in society to people who were really longing for such a change. God was at last intervening to put things right. Don't you love that? Jesus is going to come and put everything right. <laughs> when you look around us today, hallelujah, he's going to come and put everything right. Everything is so upside down. Let me, let me just encourage us all that when we hear people griping about the change towards righteousness, it's because they've been living in unrighteousness for so long that now this disturbs the way they live because they're living unrighteously. And what they think is normal is really unrighteous in the eyes of God. And uh, he's looking for people who are longing for a change. God was at last intervening to put things right. Jesus had something, had something bigger in mind than a political kingdom. This goes far more than a political kingdom. God's revolution was to overthrow Satan and evil and bring all the earth and hearts of men back into harmony with him. Do you know that the whole earth and the universe is in a harmony? When God 
uh, created the universe. It says he, he really, he slung the stars into the sky. He slung things out. And one of the words of Hebrew uh, is uh, for joy is to spin around. And so all of our planets are spinning around earth and sun and they're spinning around because they're thrown out there in the joy of the Lord. That's how he created things. And there's a harmony to it. NASA has even found it. They get up, they've recorded the harmony from these planets and they're in a musical key. Uh, I remember one night we were in the prayer room. We were in intercessory prayer and um, I could, I could sense the Lord saying that he, as he draws near folks, as he draws near and he's, he's, the kingdom's coming stronger and stronger. I could sense him saying that, that we would get in tune with one another, that he, he has a symphony playing. And so he, uh, Satan and the evil were to bring all earth and the hearts of men back into harmony with God. He, he's going to move the devil out and bring in, there's going to be a harmony and a harmonious, and there's a, there's a symphony. It's called the symphony of God. Unbelievably, this was not to be accomplished by force, but through suffering and death. That's what Jesus had to do. And we, we benefit from that. He, his suffering and death provided healing for us, provided forgiveness and cleansing of sin for us, which produces healing, most uh, in, in a mighty healing. So the demand of the kingdom requires a resolute, radical, costly, and eternal decision. Jesus gave his life to get the kingdom replanted, transplanted, if you will, from heaven to earth. He, and so that his life of his seed of life went into the earth and then he was resurrected. And, it, and the kingdom requires a resolute, radical, costly and eternal decision. It would cost Jesus everything to bring God's kingdom to humankind. Could it cost you and I any less to enter in and walk it out? We, we do give up our own wills and our own desires, but it's for a high calling and a great purpose. And the fruit of it is wonderful. <laughs> you know, when you stand on the word of God and you don't let go till it blesses you and it, that fruit burst out and somebody else's life is transformed for eternity, they are translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light for eternity. And you got to be a part of that. That is so magnificent and so fun. And and if they were embedded with strongholds that made it even more difficult to get them saved, <laughs> all the more joy to, to see that happen. The kingdom Jesus declares is real and down to earth. In fact, it's heaven invading earth. We're moving into a new, a new year, but a new age. And that's what I want to see the church uh, get the picture when we get a revelation of something, it's like a camera. It's, it's like you and I have, and this is in Ephesians chapter one, where it says, God will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Revelation or uh, um, enlightening the eyes of our understanding. And the, the enlightening word there is fotizo, which we get the word photograph from. 
So it's kind of like when you get saved, you get, you get a roll of film <laughs> called Jesus. You get the life of Christ in you. And, and it's like a roll of film. And when the Holy Spirit comes and clicks that, that clicker and takes that picture, that's when you get a revelation. And uh, once you get the revelation, that picture's on the inside of you. Nobody can take that away from you. But the church, we need as a church, we need to, to increase in revelation. Amen. Let's ask him to increase us a thousand times more in Revelation so we'll know how to use the tools he's given us to make it through the storms that are coming. Because storms are coming. There's going to be a transference of power. The wealth of the wicked stored up for the righteous. There's just going to be a top topsy-turvy. The earth under the pressures of sin is like a drunk man stumbling around and and also one thing that I'll finish with here is that because people don't honor God uh, he gives them over to a reprobate mind Romans chapter 1 he will give them over to a reprobate mind and um, that means a mind void of judgment so if you've been around any length of time you've seen people who would have never done certain things, doing them now. And it's because they're being turned over to a reprobate mind, a mind void of judgment. Why would people do some of the things they're doing today? Who ever heard of some of these things that are going on today? But it's because we're being turned over. People are being turned over to a reprobate mind. We need to put the blood of Jesus over our households and be diligent about prayer and hiding out in the prayer closet but to protect the people around us. People are going to need to be snatched out of the fire. And so you and I want to be ready. Amen. Let's, let's let the Holy, as we move into this new year, let's let it be a Holy Spirit year. We're going to study him on down the road and get real acquainted with him so we can walk beside him and have him walk beside us and find the victories that God has for us. He has already won the victory through the cross of Jesus Christ. So let's not forget that. God bless you. I look forward to next week. Bye-bye.